Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Politically Incorrect Boys. We back again. You feel me? Yes, sir. You heard? You feel me? You got your, your host, Ace. What up? What's good, bro? Bio, he up in here. You need to cut. What's the deal? Hey, you feel me? Your boy Tiz is up here. And first and foremost, we want to say thank you to y'all for running it up on episode one. Uh, remember, it's going crazy. Shout out to all the women who will be listening. You know, it's like, what, 69%? Thank you for tuning in to episode two and episode three. Shout out to the ladies. Well, episode Facts, three man. now. So, yeah, shout out to y'all, man. As much as I wanted to get up here on this podcast today and do a victory lap and we joke and we laugh and all that, we got some pretty crazy situations going on in the world today um, with these these killings of, of, of black brethren that just won't stop. Amen. These, these modern lynchings. And, Let them know. You know, we had to get together, my brothers, and we had to get a guest. Uh, yeah, so we got my brother, um, Tyler... Um, you don't even know his man's name. Hey, yo, watch out, <laughs> please, bro. I have to open my phone for you. We got my man Tyler Spicer from Youth and Government. Shout out to my boy, aka Young Barack Obama. Stop playing with him, first and foremost. Now, he swiped up saying he had some inside info, like he was like an intern for LAPD. Yeah. So, yeah. we got my boy uh, Tyler on the call. My brother, what's good? So, you said you um, worked with LAPD or something like that? No, no, not LAPD. Um, I'm from a city called Monrovia, about a couple cities over from Pasadena where they have the Roseville and Rose Parade. So I worked for the Monrovia Police Department for a couple of years. Um, boss man, can you speak up a little bit louder so the mic can pick you up a little more? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you good. Okay. Did you hear what I said, though? Yes, we did. Yeah, bro, go okay. ahead, go ahead. So yeah, so I didn't work for LAPD, I worked for um, the Monrovia Police Department for a couple of years. Can you uh, give us some insight on how that was? Yeah, and you, uh, you said at one point you were the uh, the only black man in the whole department, yes. right? Yes, so I did. I started in December of 2015, and I retired, if you will, in June of 2018. So during that time, I was the only African American uh, in the entire department. Um, we go through um, an academy, and I was the only uh, recruit, as well as the only African-American graduate uh, in my class. So, uh, there was a time for me, being the only African-American in there. It was very interesting. Okay, for sure. That's what's up. So, how, what's your opinion on, like, um, the recent killings of um, the black men um, in the last couple weeks? And I'm sure you've heard about what's going on. What's the gentleman's names again? I'm sorry. Um, we had... Ahmad Arbery, Arbery, Ahmad Arbery, I believe his name was, who was uh, killed by two white men when oh, he was jogging. jogging. Yeah. And then we had Sean Reed, who was killed by two police officers. Um, Reed was a veteran too. And Reed was also a veteran in the Air Force. So, you know, this is nothing. This is nothing new. Clearly, like we all know this. Um, but we would like to just get some of your insight. You know, being in a foreign police department, like how is this? make you feel or, or did situations like this ever come up in conversations that you just looked at with a side eye, you know, being the only person of color in this department? Yeah, so um, the funny thing is I actually joined um, the police force because of what was going on um, in 2014 and 2015, you know, a lot of unarmed black men were being killed. And a lot of my friends were, you know, um, protesting and, you know, taken off of school to, you know, go out in the streets and, you know, voice, you know, really uh, speak their minds about this because they weren't happy. And I don't think anyone was happy. But I said, I want to know what it's like for the officers, right? I want to understand the system and I want to understand why they're doing what they're doing. So that's part of the reason why I decided to join. And that helped give me an insight into what was really going on. But as far as the, the, the man who was jogging and who was senselessly killed, you know, that's completely uncalled for. And I believe, I, I already know, you know, and I think it's safe to say that these, these two monsters are going to get away with it, quite frankly. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they already yeah. went a month without an arrest. So. Two months. Two months. Yeah. We're just now finding out about this. Exactly. And the state of Georgia, you know, it's a pretty questionable state. The governor is questionable. Nice um, he supported uh, the Confederate flag. You know, he said it's a piece of history. So, like I said, I have no doubt that these men are going to get away with this, you know, without any problems. As far as um, uh, Sean, I believe his name is, right? 
I don't know too much about that. I don't. So can you tell me a little bit about what exactly happened? I know I, all I know is that a veteran was killed. I don't know the, the story behind it. So the the story from what I got from it was that um, he was attending a protest, I believe, and okay. I guess the protest it was shut down by police or whatever. And Sean was, you know, he, he left. He got in his car and he left. And he saw police following him. And they were just following him around. And he went on Facebook Live and broadcasted it. And, um, yeah, that was when he, he hopped out his car and he ran. And they shot him. Yeah, they shot him. And they made jokes about it and laughed about it. And went on went on the live. Like, you can see them approach the camera. Yeah, because his phone was still on after he got shot. So when they walked up to it, you can hear them laughing and. Yeah, <clears throat> their comments. You can hear the bullets flying by him too. So what I wanted to ask you is, because you have inside info on the um the police departments, is there like certain protocol that we don't understand, or are we are we right to feel outraged, or is there like, did, did the police 100%. have any reason to do this, or is there like like what is the protocol that they should be following in situations like this, and like where like you know, like how should it be handled correctly? Is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. So you are you have. Without a doubt, every right to be upset and angered by any type of you know police brutality or murders by police officers, and that's what, from what I can understand, that's really what it is. Um, there are protocols to answer your question. There are protocols that are to be followed. And um, with my department, we kind of mirror the LAPD, and they have a uh, five-level system. Um, level one being you know officer presence, where you know your uniform kind of can be used to intimidate the public. Um, level five is deadly force. So just because someone gets out of their vehicle, that doesn't mean you can ramp it all the way up to level five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's definitely a protocol that's followed. Officers decide to um, break the law for whatever reason. I mean, in the state of California, we have a penal code, uh, penal code 835A which says that force can only be used to effect an arrest, prevent an escape, or overcome resistance. And what I can understand, that man wasn't doing any of those things, you know, except running, and you're not even supposed to shoot someone if their back is turned to you and if they don't have a weapon in their hands. So that really is uncalled for. And as far as the um, <clears throat> the Ahmad uh, shooting, that one was two Sioux citizens, so... <laughs> What is the protocol on two citizens thinking that someone's committing a crime, possibly, and how how is that supposed to go about being handled correctly? Well, you're supposed to call 911. You know, you're not supposed to be a vigilante and take things into your own hands. Um, but it's pretty obvious, um, in my opinion at least, that these two men are racist and that they were hunting this individual. I don't know if you've watched the video, but um, it's extremely disturbing. And it looks as if. In all honesty, they were hunting him. They were going after him, and he was doing nothing wrong. And so, uh, usually, if you have a problem with someone running down the street, the police aren't going to do anything about it because they're not breaking the law. But you're not supposed to, you know, get in your pickup truck with your guns and chase down someone and murder them in broad daylight for whatever reason they had or whatever reason they think is a justifiable reason to murder someone. Yeah, can you, um, I, I've never heard of the term citizen's arrest until this year. So could you like explain what that is a little bit more? Yeah, so different states have different uh, policies for citizen's arrest. Some states don't even allow it. But the state of California allows it. I don't know what the state of Georgia's policy is, but for the state of California, if someone is committing um, a serious crime and you feel that you can uh, detain until a law enforcement officer arrives, then you're allowed to do so, but it's under certain, you have to know the law, right? So if they're, let's say, um, fighting someone or, you know, robbing someone or doing something of that nature, then you can detain them, but by no means, unless if you are a law enforcement officer, um, you're not allowed to pull out a gun. Or if you have a concealed carry permit, you're not allowed to pull out a gun and, you know, shoot this person unless they are posing a threat to you and if they're on your property, which... They worked. But that's pretty much what citizens arrested. So, like, since these people were civilians and they did something like this and it's on film, and, you know, they also haven't been, you know, um, there's no warrant off of their arrest until just now, like, how does something like that happen in the chain of the command of the police department? Like, is it because, because, like, in my opinion, the police department is really a good old, a good old boys club, you know? 
where like people are covering up for each other's behinds and they're you know trying to make sure everybody's you know doing okay because from what i heard one of the one of the uh the people one of the murderers um was had a relationship of some sort with someone in the police department so is that something that you noticed when you were uh, working in the police department that there was like there's um, a blue code or something yeah like a code where like you know you watch out for your own even if it's wrong or how do you feel about that you know there is, you know, we're taught that it's called the thin blue line, right, which divides you from the public. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term, the thin blue line. But um, we, in private, if you follow the thin blue line of silence, which means if, you know, your partner does something wrong, um, and especially if you're your superior, so if you're a rookie cop and your sergeant or lieutenant or captain does something wrong, you're not supposed to say anything. Now, in the academy and in public, they're going to teach you to have integrity and morals and to do the right thing. But in reality, in certain situations, um, if you fail to, you know, go along with the program, um, things cannot go well for you in your career as a law enforcement officer. But I personally, um, at my department, I never saw anything um, or any type of brutality or harassment towards any citizens, but I have heard stories um, in the past where this has happened. And um, something else I want to ask is that I've noticed that lately a lot of police cruisers have taken off the words to protect and serve. They're replacing them with something like something different. Um, do you know of any reason behind that? or Because it really happened after the whole 2014, 2015 and the Black Lives Matter movement, I really started to notice those words being taken off. So is there any like reason behind that or just, I don't know, updating? From what I know, that's at the discretion of the chief of police. So if the chief of police feels it's necessary to do that, um, then they're going to go ahead and do a chief. I personally don't know why they're deciding to do that, but that's um, what you saw oath to do, you know, I swore an oath to protect and serve, so uh, taking something off of a car when that's your job, you know, it's kind of like defeating the purpose, it's going against the grain, but no, I don't know really why they're deciding to do that. I do know that law enforcement uh, agencies um, across the country are threatened by Black Lives Matter, and we do not like that organization at all, so um, that might tie into, you know, Black Lives Matter and them being, you know, intimidated by them. Um, I'd assume that maybe even Black Lives Matter uh, might have said that, you know, you are failing to protect and serve, you are killing innocent people, and then they decided to take it down, but I'm not too sure about that. How do you feel about people um, taking away the power of the statement Black Lives Matter and changing it to All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter? Because in my opinion, you know, there's a reason why we're saying Black Lives Matter because of the people that are being killed and there's supposed to be a powerful statement and people are taking it as, well, all lives should matter. Yes, we know all lives should matter. We wouldn't be saying Black Lives Matter if all lives didn't matter because obviously, you know, we have the mindset to believe that people's lives, you know, should be safe. But, but we're saying that our lives matter in particular because they're the most threatened and it's being overlooked even when it's on film. It's kind of like when people are like, save the rainforest. Yeah, you're not, like, we're not saying screw all the all the other forests. It's just like that's rainforest, the that's dying. the one that's dying right now. Yeah, so what are your, what are your thoughts on that and the state, you know, state of the culture? Yeah, so Blue Lives Matter was created based off of Black Lives Matter. So like I said, police departments are threatened by Black Lives Matter, so that's why they created the whole All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter kind of uh, organization type of deal. Right. But, um, I, I do think, in my, my opinion, my look on this is All Lives Matter. You know, there isn't any specific race or job where, you know, Lives Matter, but it's important to understand what... Um, Black Lives Matter is trying to do. They're trying to bring to light the injustices in America. Now, are all of the participants doing the right thing? And what I mean by that is, are they following the laws? Are they not, you know, breaking any laws? Not all of them are following the laws, which causes problems and which puts Black Lives Matter in a bad light. But a majority of the people who are involved are fantastic activists who are trying to make a change in their community and trying to protect their own people. Do you have any suggestions on ways to improve relationships between black people and, and the police? Yes. I think it's important for 
people for African Americans and really everyone to cooperate. If you fail to cooperate or if you're being aggressive or saying, you know, you know your rights, even if you do know your rights, that kind of gets police officers upset. They don't want to hear you say that. They take that as a threat. So if they're telling you to, you know, put your hands behind your back or empty your pockets or whatever the case may be, I tell my friends and I tell everyone that I know who asks for this to just cooperate, do what they say, and then after the fact, um, ask them if they have a card, and then report them to their uh, superior officer for, you know, um, abuse of power or whatever the case may be. Um, as far as police officers go, I think it's important for them to understand where the African American community is coming from. Uh, this is something that's been going on for for really forever. As long as police, uh, uh, police departments have existed, um, police have been abusing their powers and killing uh, innocent people. And I think the African American community and all communities are really tired of it. So I think. If, uh, police departments and police organizations can understand where the community is coming from. And if they can understand that we are tired of the injustices that are happening, maybe we can come up with some sort of plan to where we can have a common ground where black, innocent black people aren't being killed and at the same time police officers aren't being killed. Yeah, and you know, I wanna I wanna go back to the statement where you um mentioned like cooperation cooperation is key but you know it's we look at we look at situations where it's kind of hard to cooperate when you you're afraid of, for your life you're not even fear for your life but when you're being looked at like someone who is a criminal for example like when Trayvon Martin was killed I wasn't allowed to wear my hoodie to go outside um episode one we talked about how you know you can't wear do-rags and you can't you know you can't act certain ways in public because that's that's threatening or you know just things like that it's it's like being black in america is a crime it is a crime it's a it's a crime and having black skin is a weapon in itself uh it seems like and i feel like what we really need to do is like how you said um police need to understand where us as the black community are coming from like we're we're frustrated we're terrified you know every time a police car drives by me when i'm driving like i i freeze you know and it's just that that systemic generational fear that's been set in that's been set inside of us basically um stories of my grandparents being harassed and now when i'm seeing police i'm like ooh not even um, just grandparents parents too grandparents, parents, parents cousins uh, everybody friends everybody everybody, everybody has a story. everyone has a story so it's like it's it's yeah. a it's a really weird ground um like how bio said the police is a a boys club i look at the police department as the worst gang in america um, just because the boys in blue, yeah, like, um, just just because it's it's it feels like a war. It does feel like you're being hunted, you know. And when someone's supposed to protect you, it's kind of hard to put trust into someone to protect you when you constantly see your people being mistreated and you constantly see people who look like you and who are your age group um, being murdered for just the color of their skin. And and the thing is too, it's like like we know that not every officer is wrong. Absolutely. We know that not every every officer is a killer or a bad person, but but that doesn't mean we like we, we you still have to be careful. And but, and oh go and for it. With, bro. with saying that, how every not every officer is um is a is bad. Not every officer is racist. Not every black person is gangbanging. Or is a killer or is stealing. Is yeah. yeah, or is stealing or anything like that. You know, it's like you have to look at people as people. Yeah. Now, I'm going to just kind of go back over like, kind of what you guys said. So part of the reason I left in 2018, because I'm assuming all of you are also seniors. Yes. Yeah, so I left in 2018. I wasn't, of course, obviously done with my you know, high school career. Part of the reason I left was because, uh, you know, in the academy, you're kind of taught to have this hunting mentality. When I would go out on the streets, um, I would go out and look for someone who's doing something wrong, right? You want to find that. You want to arrest people. Now, officers are going to tell you, oh, no, that's not what we do. We want to go out and kind of protect and serve and serve the community and do what's right. That's not the case. I was trained and taught to go out and look for people who are doing wrong, right? Looking anything that seems out of order, right? And that's part of the reason why I left because I kind of realized not everyone, obviously, 
is out to do that. But that's kind of what the police department teaches you as a recruit and as an uh, officer to look for. Now, um, we're also taught that everyone is a suspect, right? So not just in particular African-American people, even though it seems like that's who they're going after the most, um, we're just taught that everyone, you know, no matter their race, gender, uh, religion, or whatever the case may be, everyone is a suspect. So when we're out in the car, when we're out walking the beat, anyone who's walking past us can have a gun. Anyone who's walking past us or approaching us might have a knife or might try to take us out. So that's the unfortunate mentality of officers. And I understand, you know, 100% what you guys are saying with how you guys are afraid of officers. When, you know, police officers are driving in their cars past you, you kind of are, you know, like, are they going to stop me? Are they going to do something? I understand that. And in the police officer's minds, they're kind of thinking, like, is that person going to shoot me? Are they going to try to take me out? So it's kind of just a big ball of misunderstanding. I guess in, in my confusion with that is when police officers are taught to think that way, but in reality, or at least in most cases, they're the ones with the, um, the weapon. You know what I mean? They're the ones with the ability to take life. And they're the ones that are quote unquote feeling for their fearing for their lives, even in a moment where no one has um, even made an advance on them. If I were to walk around my life, my entire life, you know, looking over my shoulder and thinking every single person is out to get me, I can't imagine what type of what my world would look like. I would be skeptical of everything, and that mindset can't lead to anything good. And I understand there's a certain way I have to think to do that type of job, but if you're teaching that like everyone is a suspect and i forgot what you mentioned before you said that um um what do you say um i forgot you, you i'm sorry you said that everyone's a suspect you said something else about um the way I that they, go ahead the hunting mentality yeah there you go yeah, yeah. the hunting mentality okay. like and because you have to go look for crime so i guess for me it was like well if i was a cop like if i just sat there would I be able to find crime? Like, you kind of do have to look for it in a way. Like, that makes, I kind of understand what you're saying with that one. Because if you're just sitting there, it's like, you know, you might miss out on something that's potentially going on. But I think that the mindset of everyone being a suspect could be could be a little bit extreme because of the fact that even if someone else has a gun, you also have one. So it's like, you how are you really feeling for your own life if, you know, I'm not the one with the body armor on and a gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and that's a good question because I I would wear bulletproof vest. And I didn't carry a gun because I was a minor at the time. But even with that vest, you know that, you know, you are protected. Except for, you know, your head and your legs. That's kind of an area that you kind of have to worry about. And I think that's what officers worry about is, you know, uh, they can be caught, you know, lacking so to speak, right? Someone walks up on them, um, or their back is turned, and someone shoots them in the head, execution style, and they're done. So that's part of what the fear is, even when you have a gun, right? Going into certain situations where you may be outgunned, right? Because most officers um, are carrying pistols on their person. Now, if you're going into a house or you're on a traffic stop, um, there are calls where people have AR-15s or shotguns, and as soon as you walk up to the car, you know, they unload and now you're in a bad spot. So, as far as why officers are afraid, even though they have that uh, layer of protection like regular civilians don't, I don't know why there's that kind of mentality, but I do think that hunting mentality and that mentality of everyone's out to get you should definitely be changed because to this day um, I still have those academy tactics kind of drilled into me where if I'm about to walk into a 7-Eleven I look inside and I'm looking to see is anyone robbing it or if I go into the bank I'm looking inside to see is, any, is there anything going on because we are taught to kind of always be in here if you are feeling for your life as a police officer then you're so to speak not really doing the job right which is unfortunate so how do you feel about the uh, comparison of, of our country to others as far as how their police force operates? Because I know like in Europe, um, police carry, um, or at least in London or, you know, the UK, they carry like bats and they just wear boots and, you know, they have they don't really have 
um, a gun issue because, you know, the police aren't carrying weapons. Also, the citizens aren't allowed to have them either, which, I mean, if you want to get into your thoughts on that as well, you can. But I just, you know, and if we're looking at it, you know, if we really want to get better, why don't we look at a model of, of places where they don't have that issue? You know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, if... I don't know. I don't want to go down the rabbit hill hole of like everybody can't have guns because like that's a whole different topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just think that like if we really want to make a change, like we might maybe look at somewhere else that has less of an issue and try and do some of the same things that they do. I don't know if you have anything on that. Well, yeah. Well, you know, one obvious thing is the Second Amendment. You know, not all the other countries have the Second Amendment, so that's kind of something where uh, Americans hold it, you know, near and dear to their heart. Just that, oh. Well, I have my Second Amendment right to uh, keep and bear arms. And it is a human right. A lot of individuals uh, believe that it is a human right to, you know, have firearms and to have weapons. And that's not the case. And so I think in other countries, they are much stricter. I think Canada just banned, I don't know if it was rifles or all weapons, but Canada just did something uh, fantastic, in my opinion, where they are preventing... Um, large-scale shootings from happen like the one that just happened, I think, a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago. But I think the problem with America in comparison to other countries is we have the Second Amendment. And the Second Amendment, when it was created, I don't know when it was created, um, I just can't think of it, but it was obviously a long time ago. And a lot has changed, obviously, since the Second Amendment was created. And so I think a lot of Americans misinterpret the Second Amendment and use that to their advantage to stock up on all these weapons that in reality they don't need, which then puts police into a, well, we need to outgun the citizens. That's why, I don't know if you've seen you know, these SWAT vehicles, where they're getting vehicles from the United States Marines and the U.S. Army that they use in Afghanistan and Iraq, and, you know, your police department, especially the large police departments, have these militarized vehicles in reality, they really don't need it. And so that's kind of one of the major problems in America. All right, for sure, man. Well, we appreciate you having me on, Tyler, yeah, man. man. You definitely offered a lot of insight to us, a lot of things we didn't know. Uh, is there anything that you want to promote or plug before you uh, hop off of here, bro? Yes, yes. So uh, for your listeners and, of course, for you guys, if you are stopped by police, just know um, if they approach you in, in person to person, right, and they say, hey, do you want to talk? You do not have to talk to them, right? It is your right. You do not have to engage in conversation with them. Now, if you're on a traffic stop or you are being detained, um, it is in your best interest to cooperate with law enforcement to ensure that nothing bad happens, which is unfortunate. But just if you're ever stopped by law enforcement, just cooperate, do whatever they tell you to do because we don't want African-Americans being killed at the rate that they're being killed at today. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. Appreciate the insight, man. All right, we'll be in touch. Have a good one. Thanks so much for having me. You too. Thank you. So on to our next topic, uh, the NFL recently has a new policy to where um, um, if you hire minority general manager or like minority staff members, you will get higher draft picks. So, under the incentive proposal, the league would remove the anti-tampering rule that keeps assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions with another... Oh, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Um, <laughs> anyways, we'll cut that out. The NFL... Um, so, yeah, the NFL has a new rule. Um, they plan to propose multiple... <laughs> I forgot what it was supposed to be first. Yo, I swear you should read this. Right, right, right. Just read it. <laughs> okay. So the NFL Should has, I reset it, bro? No, no. Okay. The NFL yeah. has a new rule, and um, it builds upon the Rooney rule that was instated in 2006 that made it so um, all minorities will have an equal chance of getting hired. So the new rule is if a team hires a minority coach, a head coach, it would move up six spots in the third round of the NFL draft before the head coach is hired, uh, head, the, before the hired head coach's second season with the team under the proposal. The team would also jump up 10 spots in the draft for hiring a minority general manager. According to Trotter, the proposal suggests any club that hires a minority candidate as a quarterback's coach would receive compensation. Compens- what is this? Oh, a compensation. Compensation. No, it's not even that. It's compensatory. What? I ain't never seen that word before. Compensatory. 
Compensatory? They will be compensated with a pick at the end of the fourth <laughs> round if he keeps the coach past one season. Um, so basically, they're saying if you hire like a minority person, they'll give you reparations basically, and you'll move up reparations, in the draft and get but better for the, picks for the team. Yeah, for the team. So, how do you guys feel about the NFL trying to clean up their image? And um, dang, Darren's putting it. Um, so me personally, I feel like it's been what five, four years since the whole Kaepernick situation. I still feel like the NFL is not even recovered from that. Um, have they have they even paid him yet? They paid him. We don't. We still know how much amount how much he got paid, but they paid him. And oh, she's asking. My bad. Um. Yeah, I feel like they didn't recover from that because I still know black people to this day who are like hardcore football fans at one point who still don't rock with the NFL because of that situation. Because the way they handled it was so poorly. Um, it's no secret like what, black people make up what, 75% of of the NFL? Yeah, the majority for sure. Yeah, we make a majority of the league and we don't receive, this. We, don't see, we only receive praise when we're playing football. We don't receive praise when we talk about issues or anything like that. That's where that's where the whole Kaepernick situation happened. Um, what this is is like a failed attempt of them saying like, "All right, let's throw them a bone to try and reel them back in." When in reality, it was a horrible idea. I mean, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to bribe people to have a black front office. Exactly. This is fine. And because like you're trying to bribe people to hire um, individuals that are just as qualified as anyone else. We shouldn't have to have rules where it's like, okay, if you hire someone that just has a different skin tone, we'll give you extra things as a bonus and give you a pat on the back because you're being fair. Like, that's a backwards mentality. Like I don't understand why that's the thing. And I mean, it's kind of disappointing that the NFL thinks that they need to do this. It it speaks more so on their current like administration there that this is something that they would need to institute, you know, in order to get more minorities hired because it's a big issue, you know. So, yeah, I think it's pretty disappointing that they had to do this. I don't think it's a good move by them, necessarily. I don't think this is the right way it's to... terrible move. Yeah. It's not the right way to get things done. Um, because, like, even if I were to get hired, I'm like, oh, they just want me because they're going to move up in the draft. So it's kind of like a, backward, a backhanded compliment, you know? I don't feel like I'm being hired for my talents or expertise. I'm getting hired because of what they'll get from it, and which, which isn't stuff on the field. It's like, oh, you know, we'll get a higher pick, so... NFL, do better, man. It's like, the, we, there's no secret that the NFL is like a huge boys club for rich white men and their families. Um, and it's really just them throwing a bone, trying to reel back in black people. And, you know, you see, you see like coaches, like what, there's one, is there one black head coach in the NFL on the Steelers? There's the Steelers, there's the Chargers, there's the... Uh, what other team has a black coach? Oh, the Bengals did. He sucked, by the way. I'm glad he's fired. Um, he was pretty bad. Oh, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, he was pretty bad. Um, and they also had. I think there's a black coach on the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but um, there's just not a lot of black coaches, not a lot of black front office people, and they're giving jobs to people that are less qualified. For example, um, the guy that got the job in Arizona, um, he had. Didn't really have much of a winning record in college and automatically got a job without being proved without proving himself over a, a lot of minority and black um, coaches and people that have proven themselves over the years got the opportunity over them without proving anything. So that just kind of goes to show like the unfairness that we get on a league that we carry that wouldn't exist without our talent or skills. Same with the NBA. Like if we choose not to work, like they losing all this money because it's built on our sweat and tears, you know, so. Yeah, it's like, I feel like where, whereas the NBA can't get away with something like this because let's like name the top players in the league right now, like the, the forefronts, LeBron, Steph Curry, um, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kawhi, like those are all black men. Who's the, who's the face of the NFL right now? Tom Brady. So it's like, it's a thing where I don't know, man. They're really just—it's disappointing to see, especially in the league right now, where it's majority black players. We have all these black quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just won a championship, so we're not getting represented in somewhere where people literally go out and risk their lives, risk their bodies every week to perform with no guaranteed contracts either. None man. at all. None. 
So it's like you play this like this sport that's super dangerous and has a lot of effects to it because you have a love for the game. But you're playing now for an organization that's, that does not have a love for you. They don't respect you or your or where you come from. And it's like it's just disappointing, you know, it's like the NFL is trying to make a good I mean Roger Goodell He's he's not exactly the best person to run this organized this league either. He hasn't been proven to be the best leader, and uh, I just think this move they 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 didn't think it through. Like it sounded good to them. They're like, yeah, you know, this will this will set them straight. But they won't complain. And good it's thing like for the blacks. Yeah, you know, this the blacks will definitely love this. I'm like, nah, man, like this is pretty bad. Like <laughs> you should have ran it by some other people first, because it's not it, man. And you know what this also shows? It shows that in the business world, we need more black people in these rooms making these decisions. Um, I saw a joke one time when I think when the whole Pepsi thing went down where it's like every business and corporation needs a black woman in there to say hell no to that idea. We need black people not just on the field, but we need we need them in the front office, yeah. But we also need them behind the scenes as well. Because if we have more people of color representing us, then they have our best interests at heart. And uh, we also just need people who are genuine. None of that shucking and jiving stuff that we always talk about over here either. But, like, where you want to see something happen, you want to see change, you want to create a space for your people to thrive in. And that's that's just what it's all about. This right here, it's it's pretty pathetic, actually. It's pretty sad. And it shows how little they think of us. Um, it shows how little they think of their players. And now, yeah, every player is going to get drafted to these, like, teams. And it's like, was I, was I here because my talent? Or in the front office, like, was I here because of what I did? Over here, in my resume, or am I here just because of the color of my skin? And that right there is, to me, much, much more infuriating, and it's also more disappointing because it's like you don't even want me for what I can bring to the table. You want me for the color of my skin, just so I can fill your quota and make you look better. And that's just pathetic. And they still make more money from it, still gain from it. The NFL doesn't lose in this situation. We just continue to lose as people. So hey, that's all we got on that one. What's, what's Colorism. Yeah, seeing a lot of colorism going on right now. Um, I know, like, I know, like, uh, so when Ronish, right? When Ronish announced they have a new character, and they're having a new character. Yeah, they're getting a new character. I'm gonna keep it a bug with you, bro. I haven't watched Blackish, Ronish. Not not Blackish, not Black. No, this is a while ago. I'm saying I haven't watched. I'm saying I haven't watched Blackish, Ronish. Is that her? To meet their dark skin quota. Yeah. Because they had to. Because so, they had too many light skins, right? Yeah, Ronish has had gotten a lot of flack, which I mean, I, I I see the issue, but like you got like Trevor Jackson who's like brown skin. Yeah, know? yeah. He's he dark enough. Like, but the, so I think I think I think they the want show. the black woman, the, the darker women. women. The women on the show. Yeah, we it's it's a thing with black women. Um, like I was saying, the twins. Like I was saying, they're, they're pretty light, bro. Especially they're pretty light. Yeah, no, nah, you're right. It's, it's like that. That's it, next to Yara, they look darker. So that's probably why I'm saying that. Yara shit. But the whole thing is that, <laughs> like, like, black people, we come in all colors and, and shades. We call that, we come in white and we come to black as oil. This is so true. So it's like, it's a the huge whole spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. The whole thing that people are trying to say is that um, you want the lighter skin. You're only showing one the one shade of it. Yes. And the, the shade they show is like, you know, nice little caramel. So, you know, a nice little. That's the darkest brown. they go. Yeah, yeah. Caramel, like, like a Reese's, like, like a Reese's almost. The darkest they go in is like a Reese's, like, brown. You feel me? Yeah. And, and like, this kind of just goes back to, you know, you got times like everything in America always resorts back to slavery, whether you like it or not. Um, slavery and then also times like Jim Crow. Is that where the title of the episode? Everything goes back to slavery. That would that be the title? That should episode. be the title. Everything goes, everything back, goes to back to slavery. Hey, go, it goes with the it goes with the police officer call, bro. It does. We, everything we go back because everything goes back to slavery, bro. The That's third the title. Eye for show is open today, but um. Nah, like, uh, so people always want to make themselves lighter because the whole opinion of beauty was that to be beautiful, you have to have lighter skin. It also has something to do with, like, the whole, if we really going back to slavery, you know, back when, back when Massa was creeping into, creeping into the, uh, into the fields and snatching, snatching the moms up, you feel me? Now you got a light-skinned baby that's in the house, you yeah. feel me? That's the quota of what, of what's quote-unquote acceptable. And, and we can really blame that again on slavery because it carried on. Everything goes back to slavery. Back, psh, man, when they freed us, bro, when they freed us, you know who had more rights? The light-skinned folk. You know who did this to us? I'm not trying to blame a white man, but I'm not trying to blame white people, but like, you know. Nah, <laughs> nah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done holding back and pulling punches on white people, man. Y'all really out here wilding. 
And like I said, can we Twitter, break down the Karen, the like the Karen hierarchy, bro? You know, I found out that Karen's a Russian name. That's a Russian name. Yeah, it's a Russian. Well, you know, name. Russians are are super racist too. So and they're also, you know, they're also white. Yeah, in the <laughs> snow, they're, they're they're. I think they're closer to the Caucasus Mountains. Yeah, because the Caucasus Mountains are like what in the Himalayas. Yeah, something like that. They're definitely those are definitely like the whites of the whites. Yeah, and I saw a video. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> so the thing with my whole thing with white people is that they say, okay, so white is about where you're from, right? So it was like a whole thing, like twenties, where it was um lawsuits happening. And it was about like, so what is white? Like, what did what did that consider? It's like, oh, it's, you know where you're from. And this Indian man comes. It was like, well, I'm from the Caucasus Mountains. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that make me white? Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah. So they go to court again mm-hmm. and say white is like, like it's like blood or whatever. It's some stupid mm-hmm. stuff yeah, to yeah. try and justify like the racism. Like you're not yeah. you're not Aryan. Yeah. So Ugh. is this America? This is America. From, this is bro. this is America. Yeah, and, and also, it's like, I was saying on Twitter, I was like, you know, black people, we kind of stuck, because we don't know where we came from, really. This is true. White people, y'all know where y'all came from. You can so do an Ancestry.com. Ours stops at, like, 1930s. I legitimately feel, you know, Abraham Lincoln wanted to send a black people back to Africa, because he thought that's what we wanted. However, I, I, I seriously feel this. We should pull up every white person's thing. You feel me? Right. And, you know, like... Like yeah, you got so let's say it's like Tom, right? Tom, Tom got Ireland, Tom. Mm-hmm. Scotland, mm-hmm. Germany, mm-hmm. and Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tom, <laughs> you pick one of these countries you want us to send you back to. Whoa, <laughs> and that's what we're gonna say. And, and Tom got a cash of string. Like she, hey Tom, bro. Tom, Karen, Shirley, Tom Kevin, Nook, Scott, whoever. So we're sending the white people back to their motherland. Yep. The motherland. But that's not the American way, Trevor. What is the American? What way? is the American way? Because y'all can't, y'all sure did come here and snatch land from a whole. So are you telling me we should be Americans and snatch land back? We're not snatching no land back. We're getting rid of the problem. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Tiz is on the black. He's a, he's on a Black Panther tip, and I'm here for it. But they definitely came in here and took everything from everybody else. They like they uh. want the whole immigrant. The whole immigration thing pisses me off because it's like, fam, mm-hmm. y'all flocked here in the hundreds of millions from Ireland. And from all these other places in Europe, you know it's crazy too. They've always been like this because back when during like the whole um like the whole when the when the Irish and the Chinese were coming over here in, in droves, you know what I'm talking about? Or no, they, like during World War One, Irish whole bunch of Irish people came up here. Yeah. Remember when the Irish people were like 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 the black people of the whites? Yeah, you remember yeah, that's yeah, what that's yeah. what they, that's what they were called. The they are the black of the whites too. But I'm saying that's what they were called, and it's like it's like and they were and they were like we've always been racist, bro. White people, like the American whites, bro, have always been racist, bro. Yeah, Malcolm. That's why you know Malcolm X always said the American white man. He never yeah. said white people. He said the American white. Man. The American. And the thing is, too, is since we really want to dive into this, bro, it's like I had a speech about this in my in my speech and debate class, our literature communications, or I was telling people the main way. The main way for us to really we like we should do that, but we should also just really just pull up a long rap sheet. You feel me? In the history classes, where it's like, this is every single American atrocity we've committed. And actually, you feel me? We should talk about, we should talk about, because you, you, okay, let me, well, remember when the Native Americans were um, protesting way back when? Like, right before, right before Trump became president. American president, I mean, uh, the Native Americans were like, yo, you can't build oil on this land. Mm-hmm. What happened to that? <laughs> they built that oil. They built that pipeline. I'm telling you, bro. It's like, they, it's like, this has always been the way. And I feel like, the main thing we should really do is pull up this long rap sheet for white people, like so that they cannot avoid it, because that's what they do. They avoid it. Oh, it's yeah. not like this. It's not like no. It is it like is. It's, it's definitely like, like that, bro. It's the fact, bro. I keep. I, I feel like I said this last podcast. I gotta check. But the fact that I can, the fact that my grandpa, I was like, yo, because he came here from Mississippi in his twenties, like like redneck Mississippi. And the fact that I was like, like like, why'd you move out here? I was just curious. He was like, like. Bro, like, wait, no, he was like, he was like, man, it was racist out there. He was like, I was like, would you go back? Him like, they, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I got family there, but I would never live there. They're still racist. Like, and it's like, it's not just the South. Cause here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that white people do. It's like the affirmative action thing. You, you like to like, and, and you like to act like you're like, you're not quote unquote racist. And, I was, I love black and it's not, it's not even just, it's that. And it's just like, what? I'm not racist or 
bro, why would you think that? What? Why would I be racist? But, 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 it's like, it's the jokes you guys crack in private that you think is a ha 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 so funny. Oh, bro, like, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to shoot no examples because I can't do this off the dome. But it's stick. like you have one comedian that said, when I say something about white people mm-hmm. and you get offended, you the one I was talking to. Facts. Facts, facts. It's like when y'all do it, when we, when we, when people like us talk about white folk, it's like, we're talking about, we're talking about the, the, like the, oh, like, oh, like, like you think in the back of your head, he's smart for a black guy. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it right there. If you've ever had that yeah, thought in your problem. head, that is the problem right that's there. It. Or, or, or again, someone who, who is African American, they do something in, of, of intelligence and they surprise you. That is it right there. That's that West Coast racism. That's that West Coast racism, B. I was in the South, and uh, I was on, like, a tour, and the lady was talking about the KKK, and she was like, yeah, they're still kind of around, but, you know, when we see them, we just step on them and act like they're cockroaches. I was like, like shraggy? Yeah, that's what they'll do to me. I was Man. like, bro, I'm definitely shook. Like, if they're around here, that's not a game. That's not That funny, is not bro. a game. Like, bro, it's not, like. That bro, is my life, bro. I was like, that is my life. Robert E. Lee statue over here, and you over here acting like it's funny, like. And that's the thing. Robert E. Lee. Yes. Ugh, bro. Calhoun. It was one of them goons. Bro, John C. Calhoun. Yes, John C. Calhoun. Calhoun, bro. Think Calhoun. I don't, don't quote me on this. And I'm not even going to say it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a certain Civil War nerd might listen one day and might just flame me. Way to mark. I wasn't going to. I didn't want to say it. I want him to listen. <laughs> what up, Whitmark? Yeah, How you Whit doing, Mark, bro? Yeah, you listening, bro. You my dude, bro. Yeah, you the homie. For real, for real. But now, back to what Ace, what you were saying about, if we pulled up mm-hmm. all the white people's atrocities, right? Mm-hmm. So, in history class, we learn about, you know, genocide. Mm-hmm. What genocide do we always get taught? Mm-hmm. We always oh. get taught the Holocaust, right? Facts. In the Holocaust, there was a total of 11 million people that were killed. Right. We get we treat that as the worst thing that's ever happened, right? Right. And it was terrible. It was a horrible atrocity. Horrible thing. We're not making up for it. We're not saying it's, it was cool. But... Mm-hmm. Sorry to those Nazis over there, but America got the white man. America has y'all beat. By how much, Tiz? Couple hundred million. Couple hundred million. Drop the numbers, Tiz. Like, are you kidding me? The Na- Native Americans faced the worst genocide in human history. They killed. You wiped out a whole continent. You wiped out a whole continent. There's like the numbers. Have and South America too. And South. America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the and, Spaniards, and, and, y'all, y'all in there too. And the y'all, funny, the funny oh thing is too, the funny God. thing is too is that it happens to this day. Native American women just up and vanish. How do you just disappear out of thin air? One night you say you say goodnight to her, mm-hmm. and then in the morning she just gone. Mm. That is wild. Like, and that that's a thing. Like, Native American women just keep disappearing out of nowhere. And these like um, what are they called? What are they called? Reservations. Mm-hmm. The reservations are so small, and the numbers have dwindled down to a lit. To On lit. the reservations, you think they're picking them off the reservations, bro? Yes. Sheesh. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised. They I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised either. Matter of fact, because it's like I know the whole thing is like you take away the man, then it kind of ruins like what the family's based off of. But if you take away the woman, then you ruin all you chances of reproducing. You can't produce, and you you can't nurture like like a dad can nurture, but it's like not like how you know, a mother, a mother, a mother. You know, I watched. I actually I learned this in a psychology class. It was I forgot the dude who did the experiment, but pretty much what it was was that there was a monkey, right? And he every time he like he, he would be in this cage, and they would test to see they would shock him or whatever, and they would test to see if he would go for the food, or like the bear or the little wire bear that was more resembling of like a mother's like a mother's hug, so that like and, and it was it was it was shocking and something else too, but it was just like it it showed that like the 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 nurturing of a mother is something that we all you know it's something that we all like we all need I pre- I feel like yeah that's why women are so important man and. Uh... You know, actually speaking on that, I know we're joking around a lot, but this is smoother than you know <laughs> beforehand. But um, speaking of that, I saw a girl from YNG. Um, what's her name? Sophia. What's her last name? You. Sophia. Yeah. Sophia. Oh, Ziskin. Yeah. I think yeah. Ziskin. Her. I don't, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce her last name. Sophia but Z. What's good? She uh posted this long message about catcalling. And how it really just affects a woman. And, like, this is the stuff they have to go through and they have to, like, notice. I follow this page called Cat Calls NYC. And 
I really just want to read a couple because these are actually kind of baffling. And it's the fact that people think like this and that men can think it's okay. Like, people always say, like, we need to teach men. But it's not teaching men. It's teaching little boys about the issues of it. So, first one that pops up is, like, your body is really hot. Ugh. Imagine being a woman, you walk at home at, like, 10 o'clock at night and someone tells you that. Sick. You feel me? Um, what is it? Hey, can I eat you out? Ugh. What? Wait. Hey, that is wild. That is pretty wild, bro. Someone that's that's mad. That's whole, sick, bro. The whole coronavirus thing is happening. This mm-hmm. one, someone said, I bet you're really sexy behind that mask. You know what's crazy, bro? You know what's crazy? I've definitely heard something similar to that on my job, bro. Oh, this one, this one here. Customers be wilding, bro. This is a kicker. This is a real kicker. Nice ass. Just like your daughter. Whoa, huh? What? Like, fam. A lot of y'all dudes out here, we always talk about this. Y'all really just wilding. It is wild. And, you know, I, I said something about this, like, a few days ago, bro, where it's like, it makes it hard, too, because it's like, like, it makes it to the point where you can't, you can't in- try to engage in a conversation with a female or a lady, because I know you don't like to be called females, but, like, with the, with the, with the lady, cause you know, I'm just saying, bro, with the lady, and it's like, and it's like, their initial, re- their initial, like, reaction in their head is like, he's like, he's like, these, these dudes, you feel me? That's they crazy. Put, they put a defense up. That's why, like, when you talk, when people talk to a girl and they say hi or whatever, and the girl kind of brushes you off, that's not her being rude. That's her trying to be that's safe. That's defense mechanism. That is. Because most people will be coming at you. Sorry. And, and it's like, and it's like again, we keep saying this, guys. We gotta check each other because this is this, this again. It bounces back to us because now we all looking crazy. Literally, females females always be like, yo. Like men, they need to die. Like they, they just be saying, you know what I'm talking about, bro. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it's crazy, bro. That's all I'm saying. Like. Just come, come a little more correct, come simple. Cor- yeah, it's 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 just a thing where you gotta look at a lot of people as like, how would I want someone to treat like my mom or auntie or whoever, whatever women woman's important in your life? How do I want them to be treated with respect? I'm sure you wouldn't want somebody walking up and saying like, "Hey, yo, that's a nice rack you got." Right. Like, huh? Like that's disrespectful. That don't even make sense. Yeah, bro. Like, but, come on but, now, y'all. You know, like white men, they just have the craziest. It's not even white men, bro. It's, it's not just white men. It's, it's definitely every. every hey, yo, Shawty, you look good over there. Hey, yo, ma. Hey, yo, ma. Is you hurt? Hey, hey. Like, fam, she heard you. She just doesn't care. Right, come on now, bro. Like the video mm-hmm. where the dude is talking to the girl, she's like taking a picture, mm-hmm. and he's like saying like, "Yo, let me get a flick. Let me get a flick with you. Let me slide in there." Yeah. And she's like, "I'm deaf." <laughs> She's like, are you deaf? Yeah, I can't hear. Like, fam, go away. Leave her alone, bro. Leave her alone. And the fact she looked you in your eyes and said, I'm deaf. Even though he could speak and she could hear you. Even if she deaf, bro. She deaf and she said she curving you, bro. Even if she was deaf or she's not, bro. Leave her alone. Leave her alone, bro. Imagine a deaf girl cussing you in sign language. Ugh, she gangbanging on you. (laughs) (laughs) She throwing up the set. She like, nah, dog, look. (laughs) Oh, this is the ASL. You even That's the ASL. You would never live that down. You never live that down, bro. You don't even know what she's saying. She's just throwing the fingers up. I'm playing with your life. You exactly don't know what she's saying. You think she's doing some some Naruto Jutsu. <laughs> but in reality, she's saying F off. She are, she broke she talking to Morse code with her hands. <laughs> <laughs> she just start blinking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, what would you do if a girl just start, start, started beeping at you, bro? Like, her mouth. <laughs> what? Like, because that's what Morse code is. It's the beep. So, she just starts beeping or tapping at you, bro. Like, the Morse code. Like, like leave me alone. I've been trying to learn Morse code. I just feel like it would be funny to, to like, learn. Like, I, I could really talk. Speaking of Morse code, I remember in middle school, mm-hmm. how, like, um, we, like, were so good at, well, not we, but others were so good at cheating on tests. Uh, uh. <laughs> that, um, that, um. People, wait, had, like it was like a th- it was a system, it was like down pat. So it was like someone was at like a num- number five, like yo, what you get for number five? They would tell about the three, mm-hmm. and that three meant it was C. Mm. Mm. Or they would like they would like tap the table. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. You I mean, if you if you really want to get busy on how crazy we used to be, bro, because because man, middle school. Look, 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 look. I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down real quick. I'm going to break this down real quick. To all the listeners, if you went to Hughes and you had Mr. Streets, you already knew the vibes. Like, there's no point in, There's no point now, you feel me? It's like... I remember that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a test coming up. And we're not saying we did it. They're not nah, saying we did not. it. Of course not. Of course not. 
there's a test coming up on our system, you know. On, we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? Plus, colleges they, they might listen to this, you know. Um, but uh, a, a science teacher was having a test, and no one was prepared for that test. And a certain somebody was walking by the uh, was walking by like the teacher, like the copy or whatever. The <laughs> teacher got caught laughing because he left the stack on the copier. Man, this mug, he snatched it, sent the pictures. Group chat had it. Whole school, whole grade had it. This is when Kick was jumping. Was Man. Said, there's no way you all passed my test. Yes, bro. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And you know what's crazy, too? You know what's crazy, the too? Thing was, it was selective. Because he didn't make everybody retake it. He chose. He tr- Man. He so I'm, like, I'm like, I got a B. I, I, I got lucky. I, got, I slid through. Bro, I got a, I got like a B minus. I'm like, I cheated. I'm like, I cheated off a B minus. You're wild, bro. Remove your ignorance. Hey, you know what's crazy? That's why your fish tank and your keyboards and, and again, we're not saying we did it, but that's why it looked the way it did when you came back. When, you came back. when I, I visited him like for my freshman year, uh-huh. I walk in, the, those computers were gone. Of course, of course they were. I was like, what happened to the computer? He was like, oh, man. He was like, well, last year, some kids took off the keys mm. and then. Put Neosporin all over them. What? <laughs> oh, you didn't Neosporin. know about that? They, the keys and then the disk drives. First off, the, he he, had, he was a, uh, the yearbook teacher as well. He had these old. The old Max. Yeah, the one, the ones that got the, like, the little like the, the DVD drive that you can peel off. And people. We're going to let you keep that to yourself, buddy. And then, and then, um, yeah, but you people like they popped them off, so it would just be the disc drive and no cover, and so yeah. I did not witness this. We didn't. We, <laughs> I didn't watch him do it. I would just see the aftermath. I just went to class one day, and, and it was just gone. yeah, and I was just like, yo, bro, someone put a he had a fish tank as well, and the only way you can feed it was through the back, and so someone put a pencil in there. Mm. I remember that I too. <laughs> Yo, he those kids were dead by the time he came oh, back. Oh no, he was gone for two. Remember months. our sub, bro? What was her name? Miss Sullivan. Miss oh Sullivan. Ugh. Was she, she was the like, nicest lady, bro. She was nice, but it was like you know, like she knew what she was there for. She couldn't be mean. She couldn't express anger, so she was like, you know what, guys? I'm sorry, but I'm tired of disrespecting you. And I'll put her hands on her hips like uh. a little kid, and we'll just be like kind of like yelling at us, and we'll just be looking like, yo. No, we're just all yeah, we're just all staring at her like, are you good, bro? And then the funny thing is too, she was like twenty three. Yeah, she she and she definitely she definitely had the wrong class. I would have to say because our class we weren't like bad, we were more mischievous. I feel like that's the correct word. Twenty sixteen was a, it was a time. What a time, man. What hey man, time? hey shout out to all the folk who got banned from ninety nine cent store, bro. I mean, not shout out to y'all, but like no, we know no, about you. Not, no shout out. Actually, y'all, 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 y'all needed to get banned. From that store. This because is facts. I would never forget. One day I'll go. I'm at school, and I was around this crowd, and they were like, "Yo, what's up, Phil?" Blah blah blah. And this girl walks up. She's like, "She's like business partner. Are you guys ready to go?" I was like, "Ready to go do what?" She's like, "About to go to the nine cent store." I was like, "Okay, you got buying something?" They're like, "No, we stealing it." We're gonna, we gonna sell it at school. Yeah, they definitely doing that. They they was jugging and finessing. Oh, Ty. By the way, if you hearing this, bro, please, bro. Your mom's cookies. You know we you know we talking oh my about. God, bro. You know we talking about. Man, you since we talking about drugging and finessing, you was finessing the campus, the teachers, the students, the whole campus with them cookies, bro. And I remember not Ty, fin- Ty had cookies. I'm I'm saying, bro, I ain't if never If you if you didn't get them by second period, you wasn't getting them. And you wasn't getting them and you would be mad, upset. Them cookies were something different, bro. Some I ain't never had them but I, we were at Poly and um this like Samoan dude was selling cookies. And I was like, let me cop some. I like cookies. So I, I, I tasted it. I was just smacking. I was like, yo, B, you need to try this because it reminded me of something. <laughs> remind me of something. I was like, I was like, is that the same thing? It was, it was kind of But close. it's as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, uh, I still feeling over Ty's cookies. And I'm hungry right now, too. We're about to go get some. We're about to go get this food. Yeah, I'm thinking, it, bro. Right. I'm like, we need an outro, man. Um, bro, I hey 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 donations donations donations. We need we need one of those buttons for the special effects. You feel me? We need a food fund too. We need a food fund. We need the donations. We need that because if we if we get the buttons, I'm definitely gonna put donations yeah, as one so of the sounds. We on Apple Podcast now. We don't. Yard yard. You feel me? We don't. We don't move up. We, we don't get out of here. Uh, Appreciate y'all for listening. Get them numbers up, man. Y'all was lacking on episode two. Yeah, y'all was like ten which, minute average listening. Which was time? which was disappointing because episode two was funnier. This episode, yeah, you yeah. need a lot of jokes. This episode, 
And you gotta realize that every episode of Politically Incorrect is gonna be funny. Sometimes we actually gotta get political. And we gotta, gotta put you on. Sometimes we gotta put the community on because that's what that's the that's the goal Sometimes to grow. We gotta hold down the community. You feel me? So now all times we can be joking. Next week though, we coming on straight BS. Best believe that. Ooh. Hey, 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 hey. I, I definitely got some topics for that. I think we got we got Order. a promising special guest happening, potentially. Interesting. Mm. Next episode, episode four. I think we're really going Yeah. I wanna say Cow YMCA. We might have a proper rollout for that one too. Cow YMCA, y'all better get ready. Uh, it's, about, it's about to go down. Uh, you know what's crazy, bro? Buffet. You wanna bring you wanna bring buffet blanket? <laughs> what? Mr. Avocado I'm Toast? We might have to get a couple more people from YG on here though. No, we we it. definitely I think we need to get Buffet Blaine on here because I need to ask him about that situation that happened. Oh, we getting into it. When we wrapped up that on our senior year. Oh, I definitely hear about that too, bro. We saw you. I'm gonna say I this. saw you. <laughs> I saw you. No, we saw you. I'm gonna say is this. I'm gonna say is this. Stop letting your entitlement get the best of you. <gasps> Where's the gunshot? When something, oh, what? We need to... <laughs> when something does not go your way. No. When something does not go your way. What? You're too old to sit there and pout and cry and have your friends make an uproar. Whoa. Suck it up and he go done about did your it. day. He done did it. Because you the, know what that is? The, you know what that is, Ace? The, what, that is? what is that? That's life. That's love. What's that? Where's the do, 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 do. What's right here, bro? We'll hey, see hey. y'all next week. Party. Uh.